Welcome back, hip-hop purists, to another episode of 40 Years of Hip-Hop, where we review and dissect a thousand songs over the span of 40 years, from 1979 to 2019. This is your host with the many aliases, the G-Man, aka G-Money, aka the Incredible G, aka the Shinkuro Gaijin. And today we will be reviewing on episode 65, a classic. It's Funky Enough by the DOC from the 1989 album, No One Can Do It Better. Originality. What is this song original? The first track and single of the DOC's legendary and often overlooked debut album, No One Can Do It Better. The DOC adopts a Jamaican accent for this one. The intro is so dope with the DOC melodic Munich voice. Y'all ready for this? Rastafara, son of motherfucker, drop the legs, aight? The song is so melodic with the hook and chorus. Love it when the DOC says, na 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 na, it's getting fucky on the mix now, right? Na 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 na, that's the best part, you know, of the song. It's a personal favorite, this track. I think in my youth, I've listened to it more than 10,000 times, seriously. Back when I had my yellow Sony Sportsman Walkman, I used to buy C15 or C30 blend cassette tapes for those that don't know. They were 15 minutes or 20 minutes cassette and record the same track on it and listen on playback. That was the way to listen to your favorite song back then without rewinding and fast forward all the time. A simple black and white video shot under overpass bridges in LA. The end of the videos with the dancers far away dancing and the DOC dressing all white jumpsuits in the background. NWA dressing all black appeared in the video with the classic Raiders and Kings Los Angeles caps. That's when the Raiders were in LA. And the video was so cool and original and stylish. Courtesy of Discogs for all the information. And a fun fact, in late 94, the DOC decided to leave Death Row after being disappointed with Death Row Records and Dre after receiving no payment for his ghostwriting work at Death Row. That's pretty sad, man. And for all these reasons, I went for originality with a perfect score of 5 out of 5 for originality. Delivery, lyrics, and flaw. The song's lyrics are extraordinary. Don't forget it's circa 1989 on the West Coast gangster rap emergence era. It's getting funky on the mix now, right? The West Coast had their own way of rapping and the DOC with his influence from the East Coast and he was from South Texas had a different way of flowing and rapping for a West Coast artist. As a hip hop quotable, the whole song is a quotable. Any real fans knows the whole lyrics to the song. But I went with two specific parts that I like. On verse one, when he comes, one, and here comes the two to the three and four. Then I drop the beat I have in store and lay dynamics on the top like a rock. Make it sound smooth and later make a dub. And also it well so that you can tell I am not illiterate, not even in a little bit. Nothing like an idiot. Get it? You want the record? Cool, I'm with it. Let the rhythm take you. Shake it cause it makes you. As I turn the knob off the door, you escape through. Going in like a knot, don't be a pop. And I let it play cause drinks getting funky enough. Funky. 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 Na na na. Nah. 
And on verse 3, suckers never come curb close of knowing there is no stopping the dock when I'm flowing. But in the event that someone will try and use this, stopping in his track, show him that I'm in roof place. I don't give a damn, don't think I am joking, cause I don't think he is funny when you're messing with my money. Oh, the DOC man. You know, that was whenever I was starting to rap. And he had a big impact on me as a West Coast artist. And but by then I wasn't like East Coast, West Coast. It was just rap music, you know? I didn't know what to name myself. So that was my first hip hop name was the D the Doc. And instead for Deaf Original and Cool, that was my first artist name back then when I used to spit. And courtesy of genius.com for the lyrics. I went with a score of almost perfect. 4.5 out of 5. And now for the section top five, my top five sections of the week. I'll go with the top five albums of 1989 in no particular order. Drum roll, please. Number one, I went with Divine Stowler, Word Power. That's an amazing album, you know. And if you notice, we reviewed one of the songs, Ain't Saying Nothing. So I reviewed the songs on volume two, episode 55. That was my last episode for volume two. Go check out the review on the song Ain't Saying Nothing. As second top five albums of 89, I got De La Soul, Three Feet High and Rising. And then I got number three, Mr. Big Daddy Kane with the album It's a Big Daddy Thing. And I'll go check my review that I did on volume two, episode 49 of Warming Up Kane that came out from this album. As number four, my main man, EPMD, with the album Unfinished Business. And as a fifth choice, I went with L. J. Walking with a Panther. That was a double album. It was a dope album. It was slept on. A lot of people criticized the album, but it was good. And sadly, DLC made the sixth spot. You know, that album of DLC was on my top 10 of 89. But this section is called Top 5, so I had to short it. Production and beat. The beat is infectious. It's a West Coast beat with an East Side influence produced by Mr. Dr. Dre. So that was before the G Funk. The Dre was trying to find a new sound. You know, he's been a beautiful producer for a while with the world class wrecking queue he started and then with NWA the Gangster Rap team. And then not to forget he evolved to Detro and pre after that at the aftermath. But let's focus on that beat, it's funky enough. It contains eight samples. The hook riffs of We Ain't Funkin' Now by the Brothers Johnson in 1978. Multiple elements from Misdemeanor by Foster Silvers in 73. Vocals and lyrics of It's a New Day So Let a Man Come In and Do the Popcorn by James Brown in 71. But you notice that back then the song titles were so long. For a fourth sample was Funky President, People It's Bad by James Brown in 1974. Then you got vocal lyrics from Stone to the Bone by James Brown again in 73. You got vocals, lyrics from Brother Homini Grit by Lightning Rod in 73. And then you got vocals, lyrics from 8 Ball, the song by NWA in 1987. And the sound effects of Celebrate the Good Things by Pleasure in 1978. Courtesy of WooSample.com for all the samples. 
And for all these reasons, for the beat, the section of the beat, the infectious, terrible, amazing beat of this funky enough, I had to go with a 4.25 out of 5. Before we go back to the next section, we at 40 Years of Hip Hop use Buzzsprout to broadcast our podcast and get our show listed on every podcast platform available. So far, our podcast is listed on over 20 platforms and reached $10,000 downloads in less than a year. As a Buzzsprout member, you will get a great looking podcasting platform, an audio player that you can drop into your website, even WordPress. You will also benefit with detailed analytics and tools to promote your episodes like an audio video snippets of your podcast called Soundbites that you can share on social media. My favorite benefit is that I get to generate a second revenue by talking about something that I'm passionate about. Think about it. Are you a fan of something? Try podcasting about it. It's as easy as one, two, three and can generate you a secondary revenue. Get started for free, no credit card required, cancel anytime, no contracts. Link in our episode notes. Just click on it. Buzzsprout is the way to go. Check it out. Relevance and longevity. Did it stand the test of time? If so, how? Hell yeah, it did. This song until now is the topic on any rap debates about the West Coast lyrical abilities. Let the following facts explain what this song did over the years. The song charted when it spent 18 weeks on the Billboard US Top Rap Songs chart, including four weeks at number one. It peaked at number 12 on the Billboard US Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs, peaked at number 24 on the Billboard US Dance Electronic Singles too. The song has appeared on many video games such as Grand Theft Auto, St. Andreas, True Crime, Streets of Valley, and Madden 2005. He made a guest appearance in Shine's music video for the song That's Gangster, which samples the same beat he used for his first hit. So you could see Mr. DOC on the background with Shine in the video, you know? All Music gives the album a five-star rating and describes it as an early landmark of West Coast rap, as well as an undeniable masterpiece. No one can do it better, produce five singles and four music videos. The song was covered also in Spooky Enough by Spice One featuring Nate Skylark and Notar in 2011. And what's impressive, the song was sampled in over 224 songs. Wow. The line, you're ready for this, has been sampled on many rap albums and is heard in the title screen of the platform game Jazz Jackrabbit 2. Most notably, Y'all Ready For This has been made globally famous as a sample in the song Get Ready For This by the early 1990s dance group To Unlimited. And that song is arguably the most played opening song for any arena-based sporting events. The quote, stopping in his tracks, showing him that I am ruthless, that was sampled by Easy for the chorus of his diss song against Dr. Dre in Real Motherfucking G's in 93. It's fucking enough was simple again by Easy in the song Creep and Crawl, which appears on his 95 posthumous album Straight Up the Streets of Motherfucking Compton. Other notable samples, because I cannot cite all 234. You got God Me Me Funky by Komudi in 89, that sample the song. 100 Miles and Running by NWA in 1990. Pawns in the Game by Professor Griff and The Last Asiatic Disciples in 1990. Stomp It to the 90s by Yo Yo in 1991. 
You got Chubb Rock in 1991 with the song The One. You got the song One, Two, Three by Donny by Nature featuring Lakim Shabazz and Apache in 1991. You got Out of Flow by Nice and Smooth in 91. In 91, again, Copters Most Wanted sample it on Going Up in the Hood. Then you got Apache Indian in 92 on the song The Classic Gangsta Bitch. He sampled it. Also, EPMD in 92 on the song It's Going Down. EPMD again in 92 on the song Chill. Then you got Never Seen Before by EPMD in 97. They did it again. And Never Been Seen Before, the remix also by EPMD in 97. Then you got the song CIA Criminals in Action by KRS One, Zach de la Roca, and The Last Emperor in 98. You got Jake Wall in 2003 with his hit song Tipsy. You got Tupac in 2004 that sampled it on Ghetto Gospel, the original version. And you got a song called Cliff Notes by Axel Braxton and Static Selector in 2011. And last, to make it short on the list, I got uh, Skizu in 2015. He sampled it on the song Things I Should Have Told My Friends. Wow. And then you got over 200 other people that sampled that song, man. Don't forget courtesy of WhoSample.com for all the samples. And I have no choice to say all the people that sample it, recover it, you know, it makes the relevance, it gives you information that this is a perfect score of five again. So for relevance and longevity, I give it a five. A fun fact is, Compton's Most Wanted and EPMD both sampled the beat four times over the years. Impact. How did the song impact hip hop culture? The song's impact on hip hop is simply impressive and it still echoes in the four decades plus history of hip hop. On the West Coast, this song is a holy grail. To me, the DOC was and is still the best MC to come out of the West Coast. In the golden era and beginning of West Coast rap, he was a lyrical beast before his accident in a car crash that resulted in the crushing of his larynx, permanently changing his voice a few months after the release of the classic album. This guy did it all as a producer, superb MC, prolific ghostwriter, whose credits was overshadowed like many other producers by Dre. Another topic that hopefully we can dwell into, producers like Dre, PDD, that takes the credits for other producers' work, you know? Back to the subject, after sending in those LA in late 88, the Diggity Doc's amazing resume includes collaborating with gangster rap group NWA, Niggas With Attitude, where he co-wrote many of the releases, as well as Easy es solo debut album, Easy Does It. He worked with Dre as a producer on many projects, also co-writing Dre's solo efforts. He was also one of the founders of Death Row Records, along with Dre and Suge Knight. I request that any streaming media such as Netflix, Hulu, Disney, Amazon, or anyone makes a documentary on this man about his career, achievements, and influence in hip-hop. It's a shame that the DOC never got the chance to do a proper follow-up because of his accident, but if no one can do it better, he at least left us with a masterpiece album. An album that's in my top 10 favorite albums of 1989. Fun fact. Track 11 of the album, the song The Formula, has been seen 
has the song that he invented the cheek funk sound. It was produced by Dre, and that's where he experimented with the sound, the G-Funk. And y'all ready for this? For all this reason, I had to go with another perfect five. As a total, I came up with a 23.75 out of 25. That gives us a 95%. Thank you, fellow hip-hop purists, for tuning in to our podcast. Check it out at 40yearsofhiphop.buzzsprout.com and click on the Support Us Heart icon to buy us a coffee so that we can continue our weekly podcast journey until we reach a 1,000 episodes. We're also available on all other major podcast platforms and YouTube and Dailymotion too. Follow us on social media at 40 Years of Hip Hop on IG, Twitter, Facebook, links in our notes. We've also made Feedspot's top 50 hip hop podcast list as number 40. Wow, that's impressive. Go check the list, see the link in our episode notes for Feedspot. And I'll be back next week with My Philosophy by BDP Boogie Down Production. This is the G Man signing off, and I'm Howdy 5000.